This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. Warlord. I don't know what a Wordle is. I meant to do that as a bit on the show, on the Freak Show last week. Sparkles and I finding out what a Wordle is. We might do that tomorrow night. Hopefully, hopefully, Sparkles is back in that chair tomorrow night. But with her with her light up cat ear headphones. I'm I'm not sure what it is. Maybe we'll find out tomorrow night. Perhaps. But we've got news to talk about tonight. What news are we going to talk about? Uh, unfortunately, we got to talk about the stupid-ass Canadian truck convoy, which is apparently spreading to other countries. RB, weed! Welcome to my Facebook page, by the way. I realized that was you. I'm not as responsive on Facebook, because you have to, like, in order to respond to comments, you've got to go through, like, the Facebook creator suite, and it is a headache. But I did see your comment. I was like, oh, shit. RB, what's up? Just know if I uh, end the stream early and I run the fuck that way. Because I shit myself. My, My tummy started doing weird things about the time I sat down. So my apologies in advance if that happens. Uh, hopefully it won't, though. I, I, I think I'm good. Oh, fuck. What else are we going to talk about tonight? Fucking, um... West Virginia students walked out over a, a forced evangelical uh, meeting that they had to attend. The the con- We're going to get into all kinds of... Good, like, that's the majority of the notes I have over here. Shit about the stupid-ass convoy. We've got breaking news with Ottawa freezing their funds. They're smacking gas canisters around because apparently the cops confiscated their gas canisters. But we're we're going to dive into exactly who is behind the convoys, if we didn't already know. What kind of people are attending the convoy. So much convoy news. Plus, we're going to talk about Dave Chappelle. Did Dave Chappelle get an affordable housing project canceled in Ohio? I've seen a lot of right-wing media saying that it's a hit job on Dave Chappelle and that's not actually what he did. I found the Dayton Post. They're reporting on it, so that's where we're going to read from. and We're going to get the facts on it, whether uh, Dave Chappelle actually did kill an affordable housing project uh even even the even the idea that it was going to be a, an affordable housing project is debatable because apparently it was just it was just marked to possibly be affordable housing i don't know all the details i've seen the clip of dave Chappelle. but i don't know all the details behind the proposal so we're going to delve into that from, like, the Dayton Post. We're going to get the local reporting on it. So, 
Not not any of the right wing slant. Breaking points with Crystal and Sauger. I haven't had a chance to talk about my buddy Sauger in a while. They took the view to task for vaccine misinformation, apparently. We're going to hear from another my size content creator named Conservative Mama. Who's apparently having a fit about the science that keeps changing. A priest baptisms. Like 20 years worth of baptisms are no longer valid over some bullshit. Religion, man. Religion fucks with me every time. Uh, There's a compilation of Joe Rogan clips going around that's supposed to, you know, prove how far left he actually is. We're going to delve into that. I don't shit myself first. Plus, we're going to talk about stock trading. Looks like we might actually get a bill that bans lawmakers from trading stocks. You know I'm all for it. But it's not without its resistance from members who think, you know, hey, we're good people. We should be allowed to trade stocks. We're going to hear from Chucky Schumer about a possible marijuana decriminalization bill. Congress passed a bill on forced arbitration for sexual harassment. So, I'd like, we've got some props to give Congress today for once. We're also going to be talking about a content creator I played the other day. I went back to his page. I posted the clip. And, uh... They blocked me on Facebook. Now, the clip wasn't interesting enough for me to actually clip it out and show it to them. I, now, I don't... Official People's Party. Hell yeah, glad to have you here. I don't know that lawmakers should be taxed on 90% of their income. I think the corporate tax rate should be about 90%, which it used to be. I can totally get behind that. I mean, some lawmakers, specifically the progressive ones that I support, aren't exactly rich. AOC, Ilan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, they're not rich people. Cori Bush is not a rich person. You didn't have to reveal yourself to me like that, RB. You could have you could have stayed in the shadows. But I'm glad to have you. Thank you for following uh, the Facebook page from St. Louis. So, uh, is Bush your representative? Hell yeah. Mad props. Love Cory Bush. We need far more lawmakers like Cory Bush. Let's start off tonight talking about the proposal to end stock trading by lawmakers. Is a Reuters story here. Then we're going to hear from one of my other favorite representatives, one Miss Katie Porter. Legislation to tighten controls on U.S. lawmakers' financial transactions, including possibly banning them from buying and selling stocks, could be put on a fast track toward passage. This is according to House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi, 
Weeks ago, Pelosi said the House Administration Committee was reviewing several suggestions from rank-and-file members amid calls for a new prohibition on stock market transactions. I assume that they'll have it pretty soon, Pelosi told reporters at her weekly news conference. She also, during her weekly news conference yesterday, talked yet again about how we need a strong Republican Party. I wish you'd come out and say we need a Republican Party that's not fucking fascist. The Republican Party is strong. Strong arm tactics towards fascism. Top House Democrat added that she also wants to see a tightening of fines on lawmakers who violate existing ethics laws on reporting investments and that any new controls on members of Congress would have to be extended to the entire federal government. Perfectly fine! I'm totally down with that! The entire federal government, yes! Pelosi singled out the need to include the federal judiciary! I, a few weeks ago when she, she made the comment about, you know, judges, I think she was trying to take the heat off of her, but she accidentally said something based. Last year, Pelosi had defended at stock market trading by members. I bet she did. There was a bot on Twitter that followed her husband's stock trades. And apparently all you had to do was follow what the, the bot was saying and you would you would win like 70-something percent of the time on stock trades. Practice has come under increasing scrutiny in part as social media users pay growing attention to U.S. lawmakers' investments. Some individual lawmakers' investments have raised questions over possible conflicts of interest given that Congress's oversight duties can allow it to get information ahead of the public with some members facing investigation or charges. Not enough of them! Facing investigation or charges. Comes to financial issues, I always like to hear from Katie Border. Being in government and playing the stock market that was noticed by an economist a few years ago, specifically that members of Congress earned higher than average returns on their investments. While it's possible that some members of or their stockbrokers could have particularly apt instincts in this regard, there's some clearly problematic patterns. Back in 2017, for example, Republican Congressman Tom Price of Georgia was being vetted to become Donald Trump's Secretary of Health and Human Services when it emerged that he purchased $15,000 worth of stock in a healthcare company, then turned around and introduced legislation that would benefit. And that killed his nomination in the Trump administration? Also, many times he traded health-related stocks while serving on a health subcommittee. Wow. Price denied any wrongdoing and was eventually confirmed to his oh, position. Oh, okay. I didn't think so. Seven months later, due to an unrelated ethical scandal. This is not, however, just a Republican issue. It is bipartisan. Last year, for instance, Democratic Congressman John Yarmuth, who is chair of the Budget Committee, bought several thousand dollars worth of cannabis stocks. About a month later, he was touting a bill he co-sponsored that would decriminalize marijuana. Like Price, Yarmuth denies any wrongdoing. This kind of thing happens all the time in Congress. So if you're wondering why this type of trading by members has not been addressed before, well, here's the thing. It kind of has. Back in 2012, Congress passed the Stock Act, meant to prohibit members of Congress from using non-public information for personal benefit. But with fines of just a few hundred dollars, legislators continue to buy and sell hundreds of millions of stocks each year, raising some very clear ethical, if not legal, questions. Back in December, there was a push to ban this trading. 
But Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi opposed it, saying, quote, Of course she did. Economy. Well, it appears she has since changed her mind, saying today she is open to a ban on owning and trading individual stocks for members of Congress and also those in the judicial branch. Congresswoman Katie Porter is a Democrat of California. Well, thank you for being a friend of uh, Freegan on the Facebook. Introducing the Biden Act 2.0, along with Senator Kirsten Gillibrand in New York, and Congresswoman Porter joins me now. Um, let me give the devil's advocate case here. Now, now, in case you're new to the stream, I am uh, trying to get a movement to draft Katie Porter to run for president in 2024 to primary Joe Biden. I want that more than anything. Which is just that, hey, members of Congress are just people. They have uh, investments. And it's just going to coincidentally intersect. You're doing stuff in the public interest. You're taking investment advice. It doesn't mean that it's corrupt. The problem here is not just one of actual corruption. It's also one of perception. The American people simply do not trust our federal government in many cases. And this is an example. Only about one in four Americans trust leaders in Washington to do what's right. And for good reason. To be earning back their trust. And the way to do that is to hold ourselves to a higher standard. And so we need to simply ban trading stocks by members of Congress. How would it work? Well, there's a couple different approaches. I think the easiest one to implement is to simply say, if you own stocks coming in, fine. You can keep them, but you can't sell them. You can't buy them. You can't make any changes. You can't take any action while you're in Congress to serve yourself because you're supposed to be serving the American. Love it. There are a couple other approaches. One would require people to sell all stocks that they own upon being elected. And for people who are in office for maybe two years, they get elected and unelected. That could require some expense, but there are workarounds to do that. The third way is to require people who are elected to put any stocks they own into a qualified blind trust. And this is an approach that we've seen used in other contexts as well. The problem is the trust is only as blind as the trustee. And there's no guarantee that somebody won't be telling their trustee. Yeah, I'm for one of the first two proposals. There's also costs and administration, administrative expenses to setting up that qualified blind trust. So there are different approaches. Yeah, Dustin, I'm down with the sell it all. Members of Congress shouldn't be wheeling and dealing to benefit themselves. They should be working and doing for the American people. Damn right. The wheeling and dealing, I mean, I think the Stock Act was part of what started disclosing how much of this was happening because the former... Uh, disclosure uh, provisions were, were were looser, right? So it is striking to me how much stock trading members of Congress are doing, which is not a thing that like normal folks do a ton of. I mean, people have, they might have investments, they might have, um, you know, um, IRAs, or they might have uh, exchange traded funds, index funds, but saying like, well, there's this pharma company, Let's buy, you know. I got no clue what Chris Hayes is talking about. There's a lot of that going on in Congress, more than I maybe would have guessed. There's a lot of it going on, and it's going on by both Democrats and Republicans. And I think we have to be honest about that. Um, this is not a partisan problem. Um, we have people on both sides who have violated the Stock Act this year. We're going to talk um, about that here in just a second. This reflects that people in Congress tend to be older. They tend to have accumulated more wealth. Some of them come from business backgrounds. But the reality is the solution here is so simple. Simply ban trading stocks while in Congress.
So there, there's a lot of bipartisan support for this. It's become a kind of um, populist issue, even with folks like Matt Gates, for instance. There's folks on the on the right who really love it. Um, the speaker was resistant. There's some reporting today that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others might have been uh, organizing a discharge position, which is a way of going around House leadership uh, to get something to the floor. What? How do you understand what appears Hell to yeah, be AOC. from Democratic House leader, uh, uh, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi? Well, Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi was wrong. I'm glad that she's changed her mind. I think that's a marker of leadership. He was pressured to change her mind. I'm always willing to stand up to leaders of both parties, including my own party. And I'm really gratified here that she is changing her mind. She said when she initially was asked about this, that we have a free market economy. Well, she would also be the first, I think, to say that we have a free democracy. And that means what the American people want, what they feel strongly about, what they need to trust their leaders, we should be delivering. And that's what I think her change in position has signaled. I don't think she we have a free market economy, including uh, members of judiciary. I wonder what you think of that idea. Is that I couldn't tell if that's like not that I would be for a free market economy because people won't go for it or or just to actually be ethically inclusive. Well, the, the judiciary should be held to the same kind of high standard in earning the public's trust that members of Congress are. And there are very similar. Especially these fucks. We've seen statistics showing that there were hundreds and hundreds of cases in which federal judges did not recuse themselves from the case, even though they own stocks that would be affected. If you're listening to the podcast, there is video of the Supreme Court up on the screen right now. Those are the fucks I'm talking about by the ruling. So I think the problem is there with both members of Congress and with judges, and we ought to deal with both of them at one time. I want to ask a broader question because we we, we just got this um, post office bill uh, that we saw uh, that that passed 341 votes. I know you're a a big post office advocate. I think you and I have actually spoken about postal banking. What's the grand unified theory for when bipartisanship works or doesn't work? In the House, like what? Because it's interesting to me. There are certain things where, like, you just know you're not going to get a single Republican vote, and then there's other. It seems like there are other places where that's not the case. And sometimes I'm a little surprised by what does and doesn't fall into which category. Well, I think the reality is when the vast majority of American people, regardless of whether they are registered or vote hmm. as Republicans or Democrats, really care about it, then Congress gets it done. That's, That's what we see with the post office. That's what we see with this ban on stock trading. That's what we see with supporting veterans um, and making sure that our, our members of our military have what they need. I think the problem sometimes is that what leadership in both parties cares about diverges from where the American people are. And I think that's why sometimes people think I have this really great idea and I was elected to Congress. But is it a great idea that you do you think it's a great idea or do the American people think it's a great idea? And I think that's why we see things like the Postal Service banning on Congress members trading stocks, support for our veterans, some of those issues having really widespread bipartisan support. Yeah, we should note that the polling on this is pretty, you know, you're, you're getting 80 percent of Republicans. I don't know about support for veterans, more like jacking yourselves off by saying you support veterans. I find that reassuring, Chris, that the American people across the board understand that we need to be able to trust our elected leaders. We have a lot of bad news about democracy, a lot of views about polarization right now. But the fact that we see that kind of widespread polling, that 80 percent of Americans understand that elected leaders should be putting the people's interests before their own interests reassures me a lot. Yeah, I agree. Although, Oxacino, you are correct. Am I missing something? <laughs> Congresswoman Katie Porter, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, RB brought up the making people understand the duties 
uh, before they go to office. Let me let me mention it because I, I didn't actually put it on the list. The Gaspacho Police. <laughs> I assume you guys all know what I'm talking about because it's been trending on Twitter since last night. Now, I'm going to play you the clip, but the clip is actually the one that I went and edited. I thought it was funnier. Not only do we have the D.C. jail, which is the D.C. goulash, but now we have... I thought it was funnier to make her say goulash, make her seem like she was really hungry. Not only do we have the D.C. jail, which is the D.C. goulash, but now we have Nancy Pelosi's gazpacho police spying on members of Congress. There are any, there are any Curb Your Enthusiasm fans this last season. And, uh, oh, fucking what's his name? I fucking love him now. It was on uh, Saturday Night Live. Ah, oh, God, his name escapes me. But he played, like, three different roles. That's good goulash. Dude that plays Barry on the HBO show. Fucking, ah! I don't remember his name. I'm not high enough. <laughs> uh, she's proved that some people shouldn't reproduce... Yet, she's also a part of that swinger lifestyle, which is apparently more prevalent on the right than we thought. And then we did the story last night about the uh, GOP candidate for governor. <laughs> oh. I wouldn't swipe right on that couple if I saw them on a swinger side. <laughs> I'll fuck just about anybody. Oh, shit. But there are uh, several lawmakers that are against trading stocks, including Democrats and Republicans. One of them that's against trading stocks is Senator Tommy Tuberville, who violated the stock trading rules 132 times last year. This is ridiculous to ban lawmakers from trading stocks. (laughs) By the full disclosure, Tuberville is my senator. Senator Tommy Tuberville on Wednesday rejected proposals to ban members of Congress from trading stocks, calling the idea ridiculous. They might as well start sending robots up here, the Alabama Republican told. Robots could do a better job, sir. The Alabama Republican told the Independent's Eric Michael Garcia, you can't do anything. I think it would really cut back on the amount of people that would want to come up here and serve. I really do. We don't need that. No, motherfucker. Motherfucker. Cutting back on the assholes that want to come up there and serve just because they want to enrich themselves is exactly what we want to do. Tuberville. I'm still, I'm still pissed off that Doug Jones is not still my senator. I mean, pretty centrist Democrat. Maybe even right-leaning, but like, you're not going to do any better from Alabama. And you can do a hell of a lot fucking worse. Reveal's comments come as several of his colleagues, both Republicans and Democrats, have introduced a slew of proposals to ban lawmakers from trading stocks, representing a bipartisan push to uproot potential conflicts of interest and violations of stock trading rules in Congress. Insiders' conflicted Congress investigation identified 55 lawmakers who failed to properly report their financial trades last year as mandated by the Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge Act, also known as the Stock Act. Rule is designed to combat uh, to combat insider trading by requiring timely disclosure of stock transactions. Yes, I'm in Alabama. 
I said it's not just a Republican issue. Um, if you're a Canadian trucker, more than likely you're already vaccinated because most of you are. Your wife's boyfriend refuses to let you in the house. (laughs) Well, you shouldn't be a part of the stupid-ass trucker convoy because it's full of miscreants and racists, and it's not supported by the CTA. Nor do they care about real issues, but we're going to talk about the trucker convoy here in just a little bit. But you, like, don't apologize. I, I live in one of the best areas of Alabama you can live in. In the best area of one of the best areas of Alabama you can live in. Only use approved vaccines. Yes, Dustin. That's probably the only reason I'm still in Alabama because there's nothing holding me back from moving somewhere. What the pandemic, I was kind of thinking about moving when the pandemic hit. But like, I really like this apartment and I'm up on a mountain and I'm overlooking the city and it's, it's, it's nice where I'm at. Now we, Sparkles and I, the co-host of my uh, Friday night show, he and I ventured out into the county one time and we saw an honest to God Nazi and that kind of freaked me out. I was like, that's that's the eagle and the iron cross and shit on him, is it? Those are Nazi symbols. She's like, yes. Yes, it is. Houston is a cool city. Uh, and I'm, I've, I've been contemplating moving to Austin because I would, I, I really want to go back to college at a time when I can support myself and have money. I want to go to college again. While having financial security. That would be really fun. Because I had such a blast the first time I was in college. But I was poor. Tones, did something something bad happen to you in Houston? (laughs) I... Chicks, men... Lady dick, who knows? Who knows when I'm like, I'm I'm equal opportunity... (laughs) I, okay, I don't, I am a huge live music fan, but I usually don't go to festivals. I'd go to South by Southwest. But like, I, I prefer to see bands on their own, so I don't get an abbreviated set. Also, the acoustics at a festival usually aren't that good. You've got sound techs that aren't the band's usual sound techs. Uh, I, I want to see a band the way they're meant to, with their sound tech... Usually, I like a smaller venue. I like a theater or a club. Well, I mean, I I want... The University of Texas at Austin is, like, the cheapest place to get an MFA in film. And and that's, that's the degree I would want. I've only driven through Texas couple of times I've never actually got to go out and hang out in Texas so I can't really I can't really tell anybody what it's like in Texas seems cool financial disclosure forms that show Senator Richard Blumenthal a Democrat of Connecticut and his spouse bought and sold shares of the trading app Robinhood amid calls from the senator and his colleagues to investigate trading practices carried out on the platform 
Washington Free Beacon reported that the financial disclosure forms show Peter L. Malkin Family 2000 LLC bought on behalf of Blumenthal and his wife between half a million and a million dollars worth of Robinhood stock on February the 1st, 2021. That same day, Blumenthal called for an investigation into the controversial trading practices being carried out on zero-commission trading apps. I do, do, we do need an investigation into that because they're, what they're doing is they're selling your data. If there's an app that's free, they're selling your data. That's how it's free. And as I understand it, that's that's what Robinhood is doing. So Robinhood is not making the trades as fast as like uh, another service would. And they're selling your data to uh, Wall Street investors that are seeing what all the trades are happening before they make their trades. And uh, there probably does need to be an investigation into that bullshit. Investigation from the Securities and Exchange Commission released on October 14th, 2021 found it was the positive sentiment, not the buying to cover, that sustained the weeks-long price appreciation of GameStop stock. Still left many questions unaddressed about the trading practices that led to the unusual boom in GameStop stock price, according to Reuters. Uh, my degree, my uh, degree is in radio, television, and film production. Uh, but if I if I went to the University of Austin, it would be for an MFA in film. Because it's a terminal degree, and like I could always teach if I wanted to. That's kind of like I'd kind of like to be a professor. I would like to teach an intro level like video production class. I think I would be good at it. Even my college employed me to uh, oversee their editing lab and work in the in the equipment room, so I could teach people how to use cameras, teach them how to set up lighting and shit, and then also help them edit their their stuff together and give them troubleshooting tips on the different softwares. It's like I'm trained in Final Cut, I'm trained in Avid. I'm not Avid certified yet, though. Awesome. Hell yeah, let's get up with me and let's uh, let's talk some shop sometime. Uh, I do, I dabble in animation, uh, but I, I definitely do some motion graphics because that's where the money is. So let's give. That's the that's the wrong. Damn it. Times that happens to me, I get the wrong fucking link. We're gonna talk about Chucky Schumer and a push for decriminalization. Senate Majority Leader Finally, Chuck Schumer. On cannabis legislation. Madam President, all of these issues I've mentioned forced arbitration reform, appropriations, VAWA, postal reform have been bipartisan efforts. RB, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't have any goal. As I said, like, I, being able to teach would be something cool. 
be an adjunct professor somewhere. I just want to go back to college when I'm financially secure because I really enjoyed college. I like learning. <laughs> that's that's honestly my only goal. <laughs> I had a fun time in college, and I think I'd have a blast if I actually had money. I was an independent contractor for audio video services. I have the ability to move somewhere and still make money. <laughs> I get pretty good weed here. Man, the best weed I've ever smoked in my life was when I first moved here. And and I use I, I would have to tell people that came over, like, hey, this is the best weed I've ever had. I'm a hardcore pothead. Be careful with it. I had two people accuse me of lacing it with something. I'm like, no, it's just incredibly powerful pot. But it was expensive. I was paying like $125 an eighth. I do not pay that now, but I get high quality pot for a decent price. I like because I, I don't I don't I don't exactly know what I want to do. I, if I could if I could actually get to a point where I could make a living doing this shit, that would be nice. And, you know, I have a plan to, you know, produce more long-form content. Because uh, I make educational videos, corporate training videos and shit anyway for other people. So start doing... Like, I've already got plans for a couple of different videos I want to make. The If you've ever seen me do the cop thing where I break down why you shouldn't trust the cops. I'm going to make that into a whole video. Where, one that I can monetize on YouTube and it's because... I put the Troll Patrol clips up on YouTube, but they're not relevant in a few days, right? Because I'm, I'm doing news. I want something somebody can discover three or four years from now and be like, oh, that's a good video. I'm going to subscribe to that guy. And it's still relevant. I'm going to do one on, on, you know, the gender not being binary and, and using the normal curve to prove the, the, the facts of the matter. So, expanding what I put up on YouTube, BitChute, Rumble, all that good shit. Streaming more. I mean, if I could if I could do that, I would, you know, keep the clients that I have currently and, and live well for the rest of my life and not even give a shit what happens to me. And I mean, like, I don't want to be, I don't want thousands of fucking followers. I don't, I don't care. I just want enough people watching me that I can sustain myself. That would be nice. And I like, and I want to go back to school because I want to learn. I like to learn things. I I I stayed an extra year my first time in college, just to take all the classes that I wanted to take that I couldn't take beforehand. I think it's, I think it's kind of shitty. Like you get this whole list of fucking classes, and you can only take. So many in the time that you have. Like my last year, I took um, a four thousand level class on American government, and boy, oh my god, do I have stories to tell about that class? Because I didn't show up the first day. I came in the second day, and we had a quiz, and it was on a book he assigned that I hadn't fucking read. Dude hated my guts like the first couple of weeks of class, but then he realized, oh shit. This might be one. Of, this might be one of the most engaged students I've ever had, and that happened to me a lot. I took um, one of the, it's it's been so long since I've been in college. Now it's been almost ten years. 
What else did I take? I took uh, the American expansion. Um, I ended up taking, like, you only had to pick, like, one of the world history classes, and I took both. You only had to pick one of the U.S. history classes, and I took both. That, that, that was my thing. I took a lot of philosophy classes my last semester as well. The history of Christianity was one I took. Fucking loved that class. I love that professor as well. Completely off topic. Get back to the news here. Chucky Schumer on the Senate floor. He's probably going to flate himself for like a minute before we actually get to the, the, the meat of the matter. Finally, on cannabis legislation. Madam President, all of these issues I've mentioned, forced arbitration reform, appropriations, VAWA, postal reform, have been bipartisan efforts. They reflect a commitment that Democrats made at the start of the year to work with the other side when the opportunities presented themselves. And I thank my Republican colleagues for working with us. Before I close, there is one more appeal I want to make for bipartisan cooperation, and that is on cannabis reform. This morning, I joined with Senators Booker and Wyden in sending a dear colleague inviting members from both sides of the aisle to join in an effort to draft and finalize comprehensive cannabis reform. Last summer, I joined with Senators Booker and Wyden in introducing our framework legislation for federal reform of cannabis. And we want to... And there is nothing wrong with that, RB. I went back to college later on. When I graduated 10 years ago, that wasn't my first time in college. Millions, hundreds of millions of Americans live in states, both blue and red. Eight years ago, actually. Sorry. It's long past time for the federal government to catch up. This is about individual freedom and about basic fairness. For decades, federal cannabis laws have caused immense damage to millions of Americans, particularly black and Hispanic people who have been unfairly targeted by these laws. And I have, I have faith that they're going to pass this and hopefully ease up the banking restrictions. Legitimately pursue new opportunities. Because it's about money. When it's, a, when it's a business deal like this, I actually expect them to get something done. Reaching that goal. So I want to thank Senators Booker and Wyden and all my colleagues who have worked with us on this important and long overdue change. I hope we can make more progress to cannabis reform in the near future. My audience tends to be in the like uh, late 30s to 50 range. According to the data I get back from uh, YouTube and Anchor. I myself am almost 40. And I, I don't have much. <laughs> the bandana is covering that up. <laughs> you heard uh, Schumer mention the forced arbitration bill that passed. Fucking A. Congress just passed an extremely important bill protecting victims of sexual misconduct. That's so why I'm glad to actually be able to talk about Congress getting shit done today. Senate passed a significant bill on Thursday that effectively prevents employers, universities, and other institutions from immunizing themselves from lawsuits alleging sexual harassment or assault. That is especially pervasive at universities. The bill passed the House on Monday, and President Joe Biden is expected to sign it into law. The bill, known as the Ending Forced Arbitration of Sexual Assault and Sexual Harassment Act, usually they have catchy acronyms. I don't... E-F-A-S-A-S-H. I don't think they did it with this one. It targets forced arbitration, a practice championed by Republicans on the Supreme Court. 
Forced arbitration allows companies to shield themselves from lawsuits and to shunt legal disputes into a privatized arbitration system that overwhelmingly favors corporate parties. And that's why you will always hear libertarians when they talk about, well, how will you enforce contracts? Oh, arbitration! Fuck all the way off. New legislation provides that plaintiffs alleging sexual assault or sexual harassment may elect to have their dispute decided by a real court even if they previously signed a forced arbitration agreement. Hell yeah. Employers, banks, nursing homes, and numerous other companies require their workers, customers, and patients to sign contracts containing a forced arbitration provision. Under these provisions, if a legal dispute arises between the company and its workers or consumers, the dispute will not be resolved in a real court. Instead, the case will be resolved by a private arbiter often one supplied by an arbitration provider that is chosen by the company that drafted the forced arbitration provision. That shows that corporate parties are far more likely to prevail before an arbiter as compared to a court. And when non-corporate plaintiffs do prevail before an arbiter, they typically receive much less money than they would if their case had been litigated. Courts Republicans often present forced arbitration cases as ordinary contract disputes, as Neil Gorsuch argued in one of his first decisions as a justice. Workers and companies both signed forced arbitration agreements, so they should both be bound by them. Non-corporate parties rarely have the choice not to sign such an agreement. Many companies refuse to do business with anyone who doesn't submit to forced arbitration, and the Supreme Court's decision in Epic Systems v. Lewis in 2018 permits employers to order the employees to relinquish their right to sue the employer under pain of termination. The upshot of that decision is that employees can easily be forced into a situation where their options in a legal dispute are arbitration or nothing. Wrestling in... in Interestingly, while the Supreme Court frequently splits along party lines in forced arbitration cases, with Republican justices cheerleading the practice and Democratic justices dissenting, the new bill passed both houses of Congress with bipartisan support. The bill passed the House by a lopsided 335 to 97 vote margin, with 113 Republicans joining all of House Democrats. Passed the Senate in an unrecorded voice vote. Let's talk about defund the police. We heard Tucker bring it up last night in the in the piece about the crack pipes that we watched. It is a talking point among the right. Here is Ryan Samuels. He's another one of those guys. I asked Congress to provide two. He's another one of those guys that's, you know, my size content creator that I've tried to uh, make contact with, and he blocked me immediately. So let's watch his little two-minute video. I can't imagine how much information he can get across in two minutes. Let's see what he has to say about the defund the police movement. $200 million to invest in community violence intervention programs that can interrupt violence, mediate conflict, de-escalate, and succeed in preventing shootings. Now, Joe, what happens if they start getting shot at? What? What what, what do you think? Every crime is a sunshine and rainbow, and the cops go in there and just start shooting innocent people? 
Amir Locke. Yes, they do just go in and start shooting innocent people. Yes, that is exactly what happens. And I could run down a whole fucking list of them. And it's not just black people. Daniel Shaver had to crawl on his hands and knees in a hallway and was shot dead by the cops. Yes, yes. The cops just go in and start shooting innocent people. It happens all the fucking time. What, what if it's a bank robbery, Joe? Oh, excuse me, sir. I, I know you're probably po- from poverty, and but this isn't that. Let's talk about this. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care about your feelings. They don't care about their feelings. They're sociopaths. They're criminals. They're going to kill you to get away. Not all criminals are sociopaths. And I, I would venture to say that a lot of the uh, high-functioning sociopaths in our society are business leaders and politicians. It, it, this is such a delusional and distant from reality uh, phallus argument that the left is perpetrating. A phallus, first of all, I think he means a fallacious argument. A phallus argument. A phallus argument. He means fallacious argument, but he just created a straw man. Jesus fucking Christ. Right-wingers are morons. And it's like it's like these people have never been in any danger in their entire life. So therefore they think there's no danger in the world. That they grew up coddled and they, everybody got a trophy and everything was fine and their whole childhood and their whole life was all peachy keen and the only problem they have is that they're a boy but they want to be a girl or um, the only problem they have is somebody bullied me somebody called me a bad name those are the problems you you blocked me on Facebook because I made fun of you you stupid fuck do you think we're stupid you think we're fools Yes! Yes, I do! They had. They didn't grow up in violence, most of them. You know, they didn't grow, never seen a war. Um, never seen a, a mass atrocity, so they think that the entire world is their experience. Remember, we had the commenter the other day that said he was a fed, that he just got back from deployment, and that was his argument. That I didn't know how the world works after I shot down every single thing he said with facts. He's like, well, you just don't know how the world works. And they're wrong. They're wrong. Hashtag abolish the ATF. Just saying. Throwing it out there. I don't like those guys. Don't trust them. Never have. Uh, yes, abolish the ATF. Abolish the NSA. Abolish the DHS. Abolish the FBI, the CIA. Abolish the fucking cops. Yes, cops aren't even in the top 10 most dangerous jobs. The number one killer of cops in this country is COVID. The number two is car wrecks. And cops in this country, cops in this country kill more people in a year than every other industrialized country. Civilians kills more civilians in a year than every other industrialized country in the last 10 years combined. Ryan Samuels 
You are a moron. And we're going to go to a opinion piece here. I tried to go find the data myself, and I just didn't have the time. From a few days ago, uh, this is Market Watch. Opinion by Miriam Aroni Krinsky. It does have citations. I want you to know that it is an opinion piece. Tough on crime laws and mass incarceration. Waste tax dollars and don't make us any safer. Instead of trying to prevent crime, these anti-change forces seek to stoke the flames of fear and place the blame of rising crime on others. Their largest target is the reform-minded prosecutor movement, exemplified by the uh, prosecutor in San Francisco. Opponents to reform are doubling down on a singular drumbeat, pegging sensible justice strategies as the cause of rising crime and promoting a finger-pointing narrative that is increasingly out of touch with reality. These dynamics are fueling efforts to recall Boudin in uh, San Francisco, which voters there will decide in June. But these issues and underhanded tactics are not unique to the city of the Bay. Across the nation, law enforcement unions and others are claiming that new thinking, backed by data and science, is fueling an uptick in crime, completely ignoring data reflecting no connection between cities where criminal justice reforms have been implemented and an increase in crime rates. In fact, in many places led by reformers, including Boston, Kansas City, and Dallas, homicide rates have actually declined. While there's been a concerning rise in crime in some communities, these figures still remain notably lower than the high point reached during the 1980s and the 90s. Showed that chart last night. Violent crime rates. This is, uh, God, I can't see the uh, y-axis here. This was back in the 90s, and I think it went up to 2018. Those seeking to blame reform and reformers for recent crime increases also conveniently ignore the unprecedented societal changes that are challenges the U.S. has been facing. The COVID-19 pandemic has upended the social fabric, economy, and community supports that are all critical to violence prevention. It also brought record sales of guns. 2020 and 2021 saw the most gun sales in American history with close to 43 million Firearm purchases. Despite this data, some critics of uh, Budin and other DAs seeking change, uh, seeking to change past paradigms, continue to argue that more cops, more prisons, and more people behind bars is the only way to address a rising tide of violence. Yet none of these strategies have been proven to prevent crime or address the underlying trauma and other factors that too often result in violence. Instead, what's certain is that these policies contributed to the U.S. earning the dubious distinction of the world's highest rate of incarceration. I saw a lot of people saying that China will lock you up, and I had to point out to them that China has three times our population and we have a higher uh, uh, number of people in prison. While tough on crime proponents push for more police, they remain eerily silent on the reality that police solve very few of the crimes that are on the rise. In 2020, just half of all murders in the U.S. were solved nationwide, and the number is even lower for rapes and burglaries. They have an abysmal solve rate. <laughs> violent crimes and if you if you just look at nonviolent crimes it's in like the teens 
cops are useless. Matter of fact, I would venture to say a lot of cops are out there committing crime. But let's move to the convoy. Gotta talk about the stupid ass convoy. The U.S. is warning that protest convoys could hit the Super Bowl, which I believe is this weekend, correct? Somebody verify me on that one. The Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar concert that I'm looking forward to is on Sunday, correct? The Department of Homeland Security Bulletin warns law enforcement across the U.S. that a convoy of truckers protesting vaccine mandates similar to protests in Canada could soon be in the U.S., DHS official told Yahoo News truckers could follow the Canadian model and shut down Washington. Bulletin says DHS has received reports of truck drivers planning to potentially block roads in major metropolitan cities in the United States in protest of, among other things, vaccine mandates for truck drivers. Like, is there a vaccine mandate for truck drivers? Like, if you're crossing the border, probably? And then, like, wouldn't it be up to individual companies? Super Bowl is Sunday in Los Angeles. The bulletin says the convoy could begin in California as early as mid-February and arrive in Washington, D.C. as late as mid-March, potentially impacting the game in President Biden's State of the Union address on March 1st. Meanwhile, in the last few hours... Ontario has frozen the assets of a trucker convoy fundraiser. Ottawa, are, are you kidding me? I live here. Okay, so so you're saying I'm blocking the citizens in Ottawa, right? Yeah. Well, while I'm being blocked from going to the corner store, from going to the theater, from going to watch my hockey, my my son play hockey, I cannot watch my son play hockey. I got a fifteen hundred dollar fine for watching my my son play hockey. Is, is that serious? Is that Canadian to you? We're watching our kids go to schools with masks. I mean, when, when has a smile become an act of violence? Like, honestly, my smile is so good that it's a... It, wow. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crime against humanity to hide a smile like that. Like, really? Like, really, all our kids are hiding their smiles. Like, and for what? Get your head out of your ass. You stop the spread of a deadly pathogen. doesn't work. Like, we're two years into this. I, I agree at, at the beginning, no, no, none of us moved. But right now, it's all over everywhere. The masks don't work. Masks do work. And let me... Let me uh, point something out to you motherfuckers. Not, not you guys in the chat. Not the people listening to me right now. You motherfuckers that are protesting the so-called restrictions. If we had done a real lockdown and had a COVID zero policy and everybody wore masks at the beginning, we would have been over this already. We would have been over this already. You guys are the ones that drug this out. We had buckled down and done what we needed to do in the first few months. It wouldn't be an issue. But fucking we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. Protests started popping up in what? April? May? 
The Ontario government says it has successfully petitioned a court to freeze access to millions of dollars donated through online fundraising platform Give, Send, Go to the convoy protesting COVID-19 restrictions in Ottawa and at several border crossings. The province obtained an order from the Superior Court of Justice that prohibits anyone from distributing donations made through the website's Freedom Convoy 2022 and Adopt a Trucker campaign pages, according to a spokeswoman for Premier Doug Ford. That's the brother of the crack-smoking mayor, right? (laughs) Ivana Yelich said the order binding any and all parties with possession or control over these donations was issued on Thursday afternoon. She cited a section of the criminal code that allows the Attorney General to apply for a restraint order against any offense-related property. Hundreds of semi-trucks rolled into downtown Ottawa two weeks ago to protest COVID-19 vaccine mandates and health restrictions, and now trucks are also uh, blockading border crossings in Alberta, Manitoba, and Ontario. Includes one of the main arteries into Detroit. We begin tonight with a major bridge blockade threatening the economy on both sides of the border. Good evening. Thank you for joining us here at 11 tonight. I'm Dave Llewellyn. Right now, truckers... Now, they, now, these are the same type of people that were talking about blocking roads during BLM po- protests, of course. Not allowed to cross the Ambassador Bridge into Windsor are making the long haul to the Blue Water Bridge. Drivers' options are limited. Michigan's only other crossing is in Sault Ste. Marie, with some drivers making the hours-long trek to Buffalo. The Ambassador Bridge is the busiest international border crossing in North America, with roughly $400 million worth of goods crossing every day. Now that all commercial traffic is being rerouted to Port Huron, it's causing significant delays. According to the Canadian government, the wait is now nearly five hours. 7 Action News reporter Brett Cast in Port Huron tonight with how this is impacting truck drivers and the entire auto industry. Well, just the sheer number of trucks bumper to bumper on the Blue Water Bridge is astonishing. And according to the St. Clair County Sheriff's Department, the bridge is trying to process more than double its normal capacity, leading to miles long backups. And knowing our infrastructure, it wouldn't surprise me if the bridge collapsed with all those trucks just sitting on it. Hours long waits. Late into the night, truckers still slowly inching their way along the Blue Water Bridge in Port. That doesn't surprise me, Flash. The wait approached five hours. I've seen lots of videos, though. More than 15 miles on I-94. The St. Clair County Sheriff's Department blocked off nearly all eastbound entrance ramps in the county to keep traffic off side streets. We have some trucks that are getting off to try to find shortcuts and jump back on. Uh, We've had a couple of barricades run over, clearly by a large vehicle. Aware of the backups, many drivers gave up, instead of pulling off the road to wait it out. This rest stop is more than 20 miles from the Blue Water Bridge. You can see how many trucks are here at the rest stop. We've talked to some of the drivers. They are trying to get to the bridge, and instead of waiting in traffic, they're deciding to spend the night here. Oh, it's put me back about two days. Two days lost wages. Canadian truck drivers like Jim McCready are a major part of the international economy. He hauls goods over the Ambassador Bridge multiple times a week. Now his delivery and his income are on hold. And I only get paid by the miles, so if I don't move the miles, I don't get, get any money, right? 
The Ambassador Bridge has been shut down to American traffic for two days after protests by other truckers over vaccine mandates in Windsor blocked off entry into Canada. But how long are you bracing for this to last for? Well, frankly, it can't last much longer. Uh, that's just simply not an option. Brian Kingston is president and CEO of the Canadian Vehicle Manufacturers Association. He says auto parts and vehicles are Canada's second largest export, working hand in hand with the Motor City. He estimates a part crosses the border up to eight times before final assembly. We're worried that the longer this continues, there, there's a risk of a real jobs impact in the automotive sector, but even more broadly in any industry in Canada that depends on U.S. trade. His association is strongly urging the Canadian government to move in and clear the border. But as the protest wages on, it continues the divide between countries and a divide in opinion among drivers. The way they do protest, it's, it's not right. You're still standing behind the protesters, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm right behind them. And besides this bridge, the only options for people to cross are either up in Sault Ste. Marie or... Now, they made it sound like, you know, it's equal on both sides. It's not. Over 90% of the Canadian truckers are vaccinated. Canadian Trucker Association disavows the protests. This is just a bunch of rich assholes. Let me show you the kind of people that are involved in this. Other than the, other than the nut job conspiracy theorists, the companies that are involved in this protest, like Transport XLR, not a working class Joe, a capitalist enterprise. XLR Transport is a young company that has a lot of ambition and desire to stand out as an oversized cargo transport company, a family business. This is dedicated to good service for its customers and the well-being of its employees, it says. Andy Transport, not a working-class Joe, a capitalist enterprise. These, these are like small-time truckers that are affluent. J-A-R-O, construction. Uh, I think some of them actually took government money. I thought that's what that was going to show us. Elite Transport Solutions. Connolly. Connell. I always fuck that name up. I did it last night. Connolly. 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 That's probably how it's pronounced. <laughs> oh, shit. Granite Concrete Services. Rally Transport. D. Bates Trucking. This is a thread by um, Dumb Lefty Canadian Radical. Go check. Post. Now, apparently, the cops seized their gas the other night posed by Benny Johnson a couple days ago that a warrant or cause uh, the Canadian gazpacho are seizing all fuel so in fact yes they are taking fuel 
right away from people. Honk! As they attempt to That's been an issue. People. They've been honking all night. <laughs> Disturbing actual residents. People are surrounding the police, even though the police are actually being extremely calm and uh, cool about kind of everything, except for they're taking fuel, I guess. But uh, other than that, they're being they're being pretty respectful to everyone, considering they just got surrounded in like two seconds. Oh, but they moved on from the honking to because of their their fuel being confiscated. They moved on from the honking. To smacking their gas cans together. Worst drum circle ever. I mean, just think about it. Who are the people that actually have the ability to go out here stay for a couple of weeks. It's affluent people, just like it's affluent people that storm the Capitol. All are business owners. They're also being driven by far-right nut jobs, which uh, uh, have a lot of conspiracy theories. This is a... About, um, the Nazis were actually fighting Antifa uh, a lot. I don't know if anybody in here has actually ever translated it. And again, I'm not saying the dude was right at all. I'm simply saying, if you look at what he actually said, because since I've been on Telegram, I've met people from Germany, um, and they've translated the videos of Hitler's speeches. Um, the guy never said, really, um, in any, and I watched, y'all, it was, they're, mo they're moving, like, I'm not going to lie. Um, he didn't condone like the whole story is just kind of twisted but sometimes when they lie to you about you know little things they lie to you about big things and since we were talking about um the not that's one of the the telegram channels for the convoy yellow police say they are flooding the 911 system with false calls, mainly coming from the U.S. apparently. The um, excessive calls that almost jammed our 911 uh, call system last night were coming in from um, elements that are supporting the core demonstrations here and across the country. They were coming in from the United States, not exclusively, but significantly from United States-based addresses. Um, we've worked hard overnight. Our dispatchers have put in contingencies to move those calls away so we can still dispatch resources to emergency calls and to support our demonstrations. Those efforts of swatting and doxing our um, organizations and logistics have been ongoing throughout this demonstration and have represented a major challenge to us in managing this. These are tactics that we've seen deployed in other locations across North America and they're being employed here. And here's the thing. They're protesting over nonsense. Convoy protests ignore the real hardships truckers face. Driver abuse, wage theft are some of the most pressing issues. 
Truckers in the Pill region say the convoy protest that has gripped Ottawa for more than a week isn't addressing the real problems they face. And they're trying to shift the conversation away from COVID-19 vaccine mandates and towards stopping abuse and wage theft in the industry. Atar uh, Sahid Sadi, Atar Sadi, a 37-year-old Brampton resident and truck driver, says very few of the protesters in Ottawa are South Asians who make up more than half of the truckers operating in the greater Toronto area, according to some estimates. Protests are sparking debate across the country, but especially in Peel, where trucking and warehousing account for a large percentage of local jobs. Something else is happening behind the scenes because the real issues are completely different, Saudi told the CBC News. 90% of truck drivers vaccinated against COVID-19, according to the Canadian Trucking Alliance, the majority of the industry is sitting out the convoy protest, which started in response to vaccine mandates imposed on essential workers crossing the Canadian-U.S. border. Another convoy protest has set up this weekend in downtown Toronto. The pill driver's concerns is reflected in a recent Toronto Star investigation, which showed long-haul truckers have filed thousands of complaints about shady labor practices, abysmal safety standards, and missed wages from companies that sidestep all regulations. I'm assuming it's companies that are there protesting the vaccine mandates. Part of a... I'm, I'm going to fuck this one up. A Najwan Support Network, a grassroots organization in Peel that aims to help international students and other young workers dealing with mistreatment and exploitation. I believe this is a Sikh group. The group has been highlighting the issue of lost wages for truck drivers and other vulnerable groups for months. Yeah, yesterday, young Punjabi workers protested in front of a wage thief's home in Brampton to demand that he pay his former truck drivers $5,000 for his labor. I don't think the streets of Brampton have seen self-organized workers do uh, best of their uh, employer like this. No coverage for that. There's no coverage for the protests in Puerto Rico right now. There's no coverage for the uh, truckers union on the West Coast. Because it doesn't serve the far-right narrative. Let's talk about Dave Chappelle. If I have to. Dave Chappelle has responded saying, I didn't kill affordable housing in Ohio. We're going to watch the clip here in a second. Comedian Dave Chappelle found himself in hot water once again on Monday night after he was seen after he was seen opposing an affordable housing project in Yellow Springs, Ohio. Chappelle, 48, addressed the town council and threatened to pull his money from the community. The town voted on a plan Wednesday after the council meeting where the public was invited to comment on the proposal. Now, Chappelle is clearing things up. His reps didn't uh, respond to the post request for comment, but in a statement to Fox News... Spokeswoman Carla Sims said the plan itself needs improvements. Dave Chappelle didn't kill affordable housing, Sims said. Concerned residents and a responding village council killed a half-baked plan which never actually offered affordable housing. That might be true. But let's, let's go to the local reporting. Get the facts of the matter because I don't trust the New York Post, but I wanted to make sure you saw Chappelle's response. Let's watch what he actually said Monday during the meeting. 
Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, I'm Dave Spell. <laughs> I just want to say, and Marianne, I could talk to you about this privately. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you got enough money to be able to talk to him about it privately. I don't know why the village council would be afraid of litigation from a $24 million a year company while they ix out a $65 million a year company. I cannot believe you would make me audition for you. You look like clowns. I am not bluffing. I will take it all off the table. That's all. Thank you. Okay. All right. So. What a jackass. Let's get the full story. Oprah Homes can move forward with a new development in Yellow Springs, but without an affordable housing component, initially promised to the village after the council voted against the village's own plan on Monday night. The village and Oberer had worked together to produce a plan that would include duplexes and affordable housing along with single-family homes in a 53-acre area along Spillin Road on the south edge of town. Village initially asked for the development to advance affordable housing in the village, including an area that the village would later be able to develop into affordable housing, as well as more duplexes and townhomes. But Monday night, after complaints from numerous residents, including comedian Dave Chappelle, the village council voted 2-2 two to two with one member recusing himself on the revised planned unit development zoning. That means the zoning reverts to what was previously approved, with 143 single-family homes on the lot, with the homes starting at about $300,000, according to village documents. The village annexed about 34 acres of the land into the village last summer. The development that the council voted on on Monday night would have included 64 single-family homes, 52 duplexes, and 24 townhomes, with an additional 1.75 acres to be donated to the community for affordable housing to be built later. Yellow Springs Village Council President wrote a memo describing the housing plans. Yellow Springs villagers, including entertainer Dave Chappelle, lobbied against the project. Chappelle even threatened to pull his business interests from the village, which included a plan for a restaurant called Firehouse Eatery and a comedy club called Live from YS. Chappelle's company, Iron Table Holdings, LLC, bought the former Miami TWP fire station at uh, 225 Quarry Street in December. Hell repeated his threat again on Monday night in the village council meeting. I'm not bluffing. I will take it all off the table. Other villagers cited concerns with traffic flow, problems with a proposed homeowners association, and issues with water management, but several villagers said they also felt that the council had not included them in the process with Oberer. One resident, Matthew Kirk, a member of the Citizens Board who worked on the project, said he was initially excited, but his view later soured. He argued that the plan was really two projects rather than one, a single-family home development next to a condo development. I think it's important to kind of understand the framing and also understand how those products attract different home buyers. Two council members, Brian Hush and Marianne McQueen, Voted for the revised project, Mixing Homes, Duplexes, and Townhouses. Council members Carmen Brown and Lisa Krieger voted against the project. Kevin Stokes, who lives near the project, previously expressed concerns about traffic, recused himself because he uh, felt he had a personal interest in the vote. 
I don't know. Um, I think Chappelle comes across as a dickhead. There are several right-wingers coming to his side saying, no, no, the mainstream media is smearing him. It doesn't look like they actually had a plan to build affordable housing. It was set aside to build affordable housing later. In and of itself is bullshit. I do know that Chappelle looked like a dick. I'll take my money elsewhere. And this is the problem in capitalist societies when individual citizens can leverage their capital, make decisions. We don't live in a democracy. That's my problem with it. Dave Chappelle shouldn't be allowed to use his money to affect democracy. Going from one controversial comedian to another. I gave Joe Rogan his props last okay, night. Big surprise. Tonight we're going to hear from Crystal and Sager about the media's right-wing Rogan narrative. Here is probably Sager speaking about it on Breaking Points. Surprise for everybody. Oh, I forgot the yeah, surprise. Yeah, yes, we have a, exciting. We have a big surprise for everybody. Crystal, what's the surprise? Okay, so uh, as you know, there has been something we've decried here at the show, this very caricaturish view of Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about the N-word compilation, although right. that is certainly part of it, but his portrayal in the media is he's this like right-wing reactionary guy who, Trumper. yeah, right. who lo- loves Donald Trump. Now, I don't think he is a right-wing reactionary. I think he has a lot of right-wing reactionaries on. I can show you that list Trump here in just a and second. Trump a racist and a sexist and all of these things. Now, listen, if you actually consume Joe's podcast, you know he's a complex guy. Uh-huh. And some of the things that he may, you know, say and engage with when Ben Shapiro is on might be different than when Andrew Yang is on, might be different from when we're on. But we asked um, Matt Orfali, Andrew Yang is right-wing, editor, to put together a compilation that shows a more accurate reflection of some of Joe's views. Now, I wouldn't say that this is like a holistic view of Joe either because he's a complex guy who has heterodox views, sometimes contradictory views, as we all do. But I would posit to you that this is more a reflection of his actual politics, his actual view, what you get when you actually consume his show than certainly the caricaturish media view that is out yeah, there. That's right. So let's take a listen to Matt's video. I really believe if yeah. Michelle Obama runs, she, might win. she wins. She's good. She's great. She's right. the wife of the best president that we right, have had right. in our lifetime. I've never voted right wing in my life. I consider universal basic income a really good idea. I want free college education. Take it easy. Hello, Bernie. How are you, Joe? Wonderful. Pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you. I like Tulsi and I like Bernie. That's it. Tulsi is right wing. Jimmy Dore, right wing. I think I'll probably vote for Bernie. I think he's looking out for the interests of the working people. And I think he wants people to have a better life and do better. And I'm all for that. And if that means I have to pay more in tax, like people think, oh, you're a socialist. I've heard people say that. Oh, you're a fucking socialist, bro. Like, first of all, he's not even a socialist. Mm -hmm. He's a democratic socialist. It's a different thing. I would like to spend more in taxes if they could fix inner city communities and and take these poor neighborhoods and throw a fuckload of Spend more, you fucking Republican people. Tell that to Dave Chappelle. 
activity is driving global warming. I'm very pro-choice. I'm very women's rights, civil rights, gay rights, trans rights. I'm even universal health care. Obviously, this um, protected status is driving me crazy. This this thing that Trump's doing with children that were born in other uh, countries and then brought over here as children and then they're talking about deporting them. That drives me fucking crazy. Yeah, that's that kind of shit. And the hard right version. As, as it should. People that I see online, why didn't they apply for citizenship? Oh, who knows? Maybe because they're fucking 13. I don't give a fuck if they broke the law. You don't take parents and kids and separate them. You just fucking don't. You know Alonzo? No, I was a funny comedian. Yeah. He said, he goes, not all Donald Trump supporters are racist, yeah. but all racists are Donald Trump supporters. <laughs> that, 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 that could, that, he definitely awakened that side. But, but see, the January 6th thing is important. See, it is important, and but is it the six months later, is it should be the ruling it, it, number I one think, conversation of I a journalist? I think it's really important. And one of the reasons why I think it's important because it highlights the reasons why a guy like Donald Trump is so fucking dangerous. Mm -hmm. Is because a guy can incite a bunch of morons to do yeah. something really fucking stupid. But as far as trans people, some trans people listening to this, I got nothing but love for you. For everybody. And in fact, Eddie Izzard is one of my... I don't think Eddie Izzard considers themselves trans, do they? I, I don't know if, if, if they have changed their stance, but like... I believe Eddie Izzard's a crossdresser. They oh Eddie Izzard uh, has come out as trans. Okay, I did not know that. I was not aware. My all-time favorite guest. Oh, I love Izzard. The right wing thing is just an easy way to dismiss me because I'm not right wing. I can't recommend your book Race Matters enough. So there. Let's look at Joe Rogan's guest list. Somebody on Reddit put this together. The bias of his guests. Now, the other day I said he'd had Ben Shapiro on like 13 times. According to this, I was wrong. So, if you just tally, uh, tally up 36 left wing, 138 right wing. Alex Jones, uh, Heather Haying, Sam Harris, Tulsa Gabbard, Sagar and Jetty. Uh, they put Russell Brand on here. Apparently, Russell Brand doesn't consider himself right wing, but eh, as of late, uh, Carl Benjamin, Roseanne Barr, Gad Sad, I don't even know who Gad Sad is, on seven fucking times. Jordan Peterson has been on. Seven fucking times. I Russell Brand has been wading into some conspiracy theory shit on YouTube because it gets him clicks. That's, I've not really consumed any of his content. But that's how, that's how I take it, just judging by the, the, the titles of his videos. But you can move a couple of these people over to the left-wing column, and it's still overwhelming. Ben Shapiro been on four times. Michael Shermer, six times. Michael Malice, six. Now, somebody said that Michael Malice wasn't right-wing. Bull fucking shit. I've argued with that dude on Twitter. He is a right-wing reactionary and a total dickhead. Douglas Murray. The Weinstein brothers. 
Brett Weinstein has been on the Joe Rogan experience seven fucking times. Now, Joe Rogan recognized that Dave Rubin is an idiot. I, I, I will give him that. Has Matt Walsh ever been on? I don't see Matt Walsh on the list. I don't think I don't think he's important enough for Rogan to have on or interesting enough. Candace Owens has been on though. Ted Nugent, Elon Musk, Bio Yiannopoulos. So there's there is definitely a right wing slant to his podcast and like fucking Sam Cedar talking about it. Sam tried to go on. Sam advocated for Michael Brooks to go on when Michael Brooks was still alive. Michael Brooks would have been an excellent guest to have on Joe Rogan, but it was the IDW types, the Weinstein brothers, the Sam Harris's, that put the kibosh on Sam Cedar or 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 um, Michael Brooks going on. Fuck you, fucking a dicks out. There you go. Right, meet right wing Joe yeah, Rogan. Right. I challenge morons on my show. I bring right-wingers on to have discussions, debate with them. Joe Rogan doesn't challenge anybody. Joe Rogan agrees with the person in front of them. And that's the reason why they were able to put together this compilation. When Joe Rogan has left-wing activists on, he agrees with them. A little bit oh, different than the media presentation. Humans are complex. They're dynamic people. This is not, you know, the caricaturish view is ridiculous. Here's just a little bit of counter to that. Share it with your family and friends and show them the other side of the Joe Rogan that we know. Yeah, and guys, make sure to subscribe to um, Matt's uh, YouTube channel as well. And he's Orf on Twitter. It's like a zero. And zero RF. He did a great job. Thank you, Matt. Phenomenal job. He does great stuff. So thank you for that, Matt. Hey, guys, thanks so much for watching. That's right. Just just like if you're going to have controversial people on, especially like Douglas Murray, you need to know what you're talking about and push back against their bullshit. I think Stefan Molyneux has been on. I closed the list out already. Stefan Molyneux, an actual white supremacist. Yes, Stefan Molyneux has been on three fucking times. An honest-to-God white supremacist. So, I mean, that's... Uh, have a friendly conversation. And that's that's what... Uh, it, I think it was Matt on the majority report that pointed it out. People that watch Joe Rogan don't know that they're getting a right-wing bent. They don't, they don't understand... They just they just think they're they're hearing people have a conversation, but they don't know that they're coming coming out of it with with a an, a, a partial view, a totally biased view. You're getting a two for tonight. This is not the only time you're going to hear from Sogger and Jetty and Crystal Ball. This is the fun block, but we had to make it serious. So we'll start with the fun part at the very beginning, which is that The View's Sonny Hostin uh, made some very interesting claims on her show, which just go to show you the brain worms that still exist within the liberal intelligentsia of how they... The liberal intelligentsia! As the national winds are shifting. Let's take a listen. 2.5 thousand people are still dying every single day from yeah. COVID. Why are we normalizing mass death like that? My friend Madi Hassan uh, tweeted 
get that. You know, I, everyone knows it's personal to me. You know, we lost both of Manny's parents to COVID, but there was no vaccine at that time. Right. Mm -hmm. the, you know, we, we know the signs now. Well, I still don't understand how we are normalizing 2.5 thousand deaths a day from COVID and parents aren't vaccinated. Well, well, we got to ask what percentage of those are unvaccinated because they reserve mm -hmm. their individual liberty not to take that vaccine. I think 99. Yeah, so she says that uh, we have a 1% death rate of younger Americans. That is not true whatsoever. The Wait, did she say that? What? I missed that one. actual number is 0.008%. So once again, these people are dramatically overstating what the actual threat to COVID is to you in your life, especially if you have a dose of the vaccine. And this is wildly out of step with the... Wait, what? Did she say that? I She was talking about 2.5 thousand people, about 2,500 people dying a day. I think it was something like 2,300, 2,200 yesterday. This might have been a couple of days ago when that actually aired. What? 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 Let's take a listen. 2.5 thousand people are still dying every single day from yeah. COVID. Why are we normalizing mass death like that? My friend Madi Hassan uh, tweeted that. You know, I, everyone knows it's personal to me. You know, we lost both of Manny's parents to COVID, but there was no vaccine at that time. Right. Mm -hmm. the, you know, we, we know the signs now. I still don't understand how we are normalizing 2.5 thousand deaths a day from COVID and parents aren't vaccinated. Well, what, what's funny, well, we got to ask what percentage of those are unvaccinated because they reserve mm -hmm. their individual liberty. Not is it because you said parents aren't vaccinating her children? Which is what? What? I don't understand what everything she said was factual. I don't know what Chris, uh, what Sauger's issue is. Not to take that vaccine. I think 99. Yeah, so she says that uh, we have a 1% death rate of younger Americans. That is not true whatsoever. The actual number is 0.008%. So once again, these people are dramatically overstating. Over 850 children have died, just just to just to throw that out again. But I don't know. Sauger is taking them to. Ta I, he cut off the clip with the other woman talking about the the vaccination rate. I don't know if she was getting ready to say the number that he is disputing, but like he's arguing against something they didn't say. The fuck what the actual threat to COVID is to you in your life, especially if you have a dose of the vaccine. And, and that, that was their point, to get everybody vaccinated. The Not just American people, but now the Democratic governors of the United States in some of the bluest places in the country. But where does it come from, Crystal? Which is that the Biden administration has missed a tremendous opportunity, in my opinion, by not reining in their CDC and Dr. Fauci. So the CDC yesterday effectively rebuked to the Democratic governors, let's put this up there, on the screen, they said, our hospitalizations are still high, our death rates are still high, so we work towards that and we are encouraged by current trends. We are not there yet. She was asked specifically about the Democratic governors dropping their mask mandates. So you see here that the CDC continues to encourage wearing masks, not only indoors, but also in public outdoors, which is 
absolutely bonkers from a not just public opinion perspective, but also from a public health perspective. Why? What they've admitted around cloth masks and their own efficacy won't go too far for the YouTube gods. But I find it crazy that the CDC and the White House, Joe Biden just tweeted yesterday, uh, wear a mask in public, are not clearly trying to get ahead of where not only public opinion has long been, but democratic opinion has been. Well, when con- the fuck is he talking about? Yeah. You know, and you're not, you're crazy. And I don't Oregon know what to tell you. And New York. Um, What's happening? Well, first I want to start by speaking yeah. to Sonny's claims yes. here. Yeah. Because I have deep concerns about the anti-vax misinformation <laughs> that she is spreading about the efficacy of the vaccines and the COVID misinformation that she is spreading about the true risk to children. And I say this in jest. Maybe we should start like a camp. Did she say something about children? The clip that they played doesn't match what they're arguing. Did I, am I missing something, guys? Chat, please correct me if I'm wrong on this. Did she say anything about children? As they're doing a video about misinformation, they are completely misrepresenting what someone said. What the fuck? Campaign to, yeah. to censor or ban, you know. <laughs> no, we should. Yeah. Other, other artists should pull their shows from the platform. From, no, from How Disney. can you support? ABC is owned by Disney. That's true. Yeah, boycott How can you Kanto. support this yeah. type of COVID misinformation? I think it's outrageous. Right. Um, but I do want to say... I mean, you wonder why you have uh, young people who feel themselves, their judgment of their own risk is actually greater than the judgment of elderly people. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, and you wonder why there are such... In- and it's not, it's not just about the individual when we're talking about herd immunity. Here's my fucking Ben Shapiro tweet. I'm going I'm to go ahead and let them play while I look this up. intense feelings about what happens with school shutdowns and what happens with masking in schools. And part of it is because there has been mass media um, propaganda that has been inaccurate and has not has not helped people truly understand and accurately weigh the risks that exist to their children. Mm-hmm. There's a cost to that. And there's been this assumption from um, liberals and from corners of the left that you can't possibly be too safe, that it's sort of okay to have misinformation as long as it's in the direction of overstating the risk of COVID and safetyism. And there's not an acknowledgement. It's not about individual risk. It's about reaching herd immunity so we can move on from this shit. Ben Shapiro understood that seven years ago. Spent the day watching my fully vaccinated 13-month-old cough until blue with pertussis because others didn't get vaccinated. Thanks, dolts. Acknowledgement that there were costs also to those um, measures that were taken, especially with regards to our kids. And, you know, it really bothers me, this, like, weaponization of children and and her self-righteous, like, well, I'm not taking a chance with my kids, making it like people who say, hey, you know, the mask has been not great for my kid and I I want the schools to be open. Like, they don't care about their children, too. So I do find that... Well, if you want the schools to be open, you should want mask mandates in schools. That misinformation that goes in the direction of, which I have a major problem with, downplaying the risk of COVID, downplaying the efficacy of the vaccines, all of that, that there isn't the same sort of condemning and concern and correction 
On the other side, when you're overstating the risk of COVID, and by the way, you're also, Sonny, by by saying these sorts of things, is also downplaying Mm -hmm. the effectiveness of the vaccines. That's the part that, you know, when you pretend like now that we have the vaccine, nothing has changed and the risk landscape hasn't shifted at all, that is also sort of like anti-vax misinformation, honestly. And if you're ignoring the fact that it's not the height of people dying, but it's damn fucking close to it right now. More people died from the Omicron wave. More people died in 2021 than in 2020. Like, we're not out of the woods yet. 2,500 people a day. Still. No, of course it's anti-vax misinformation, but it's the kind which, you know, stands okay. fine. It's allowed to be on air and the, it's not a problem. But I still didn't hear the misinformation they keep referring to. Science. They're moving explicitly based on public opinion, and they're even telling us that. Let's put this up there. So the New York Times actually put this in its report that Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey who actually nearly lost, arranged a series of focus groups across the state to see what they had missed. Check this out. Mr. Murphy's advisors were struck by the findings. Across the board, voters shared frustrations over public health measures, a sense of pessimism about the future, and a deep desire to return to some sense of normalcy. Even Democratic voters were wearying of the toughest restrictions, growing increasingly impatient with mandates, feeling ready to live with the risk that remained, and as cases plummeted, the public health dynamics were shifting too. That is exactly what this is all about. It's not about the science. It is cl- Yeah, it's not about the science, because the science is, is pretty clear on this, because we have a good example to go by. The 1918 flu didn't end in 1918. Here's what its third year can teach us. There's a piece in the Washington Post uh, published about four days ago. Nearly two years into a deadly influenza pandemic that would claim at least 50 million lives worldwide, the new year began on a bright note. Best health report in the city in 53 years posted a headline in the New York Times on January the 4th, 1920, after New York had survived three devastating waves of the flu virus. The nation as a whole, which would ultimately lose 675,000 people to the disease, we've lost more people to COVID than to the 1918 flu uh, epidemic, pandemic. They believe that the end might finally be in sight. Within a few weeks, however, those optimistic headlines began to change. Before the end of the month, New York City would experience a surge in influenza cases. Chicago and other urban centers reported the same. Residents should prepare themselves for an influenza return, New York City Health Commissioner Royal S. Copeland warned. He predicted that the virus variant responsible for the surge would be milder and that those who had fallen ill the previous year year would be a moot. would be immune. He was wrong, at least in part. While many places worldwide did not see a fourth wave of the great influenza pandemic, several metro uh, metropolises, including New York City, Chicago, and Detroit, had another deadly season in store. As the coronavirus pandemic creeps into its third year and the death toll in the United States reaches 900,000, the 1918 influenza pandemic can offer some insight into how this chapter in history might draw to a close. But an ending, when it comes to viruses such as these, is a misleading word. Eventually, experts say, the novel coronavirus is likely to transition from a deadly and disruptive pathogen to a milder, more seasonal uh, nuisance. In the meantime, though, the country's experience a century ago suggests we could be in for a lot more pain, especially if we let our guard down. 
So I highly recommend you reading this piece. I read it earlier this morning. That's what was on the top of my mind. It was about them lifting the restrictions and then seeing uh, uh, another wave about the general shifting public opinion, not only amongst Republicans and not even independents, but almost half of Democrats as well. Vast majority of the public feels exactly as you do. And the problem is, is that what's now happening is the most about like disgusting about face I have ever seen. And this is best shown in the case of Dr. Leanna Wen, who uh, she's frequently appeared on CNN. She was one of the first people to push masks for all, including mass mandates across the country, but in recent weeks has been one of the chief opponents of restrictions. Why exactly? Because she's a party activist. And National Review actually did a great write-up of this. Let's put this up there. Just three weeks ago, just three weeks ago, Dr. Leanna Wen called for a tightening of mask policy, specifically saying that N95s and KN95s should be widely distributed and required in crowded indoor public settings. That is correct. Now, just three weeks later, she has gone out and written an op-ed in the Washington Post saying that we need to get rid of most pandemic restrictions. Precisely why? She says that the science has changed. Crystal, nothing has changed in terms of the science of the last three weeks. Politics have changed. Politics has changed. The po- I'll agree with that. Not over a month ago, Glenn Youngkin was described as a genocidal maniac for giving parents the option to not have their kids wear a mask in school. And the freaks in Northern Virginia continue to go after him for that. But... This shows you very the freaks. They're trying to create this fake permission structure in elite democratic governance, Crystal, yeah. where they can forgive themselves for their past sins. Be like, oh, look, it was justified what we thought. And as you said, look, ma- uh, school closure in March, I get it. April, I still get it. May, uh, things start to get a little dicey. Post summer, I don't get it anymore. Yeah. But like, I, we can show forgiveness for the yeah, early days. We didn't and, know. Any yeah. American can. Every you pulled your kids out of school, yeah. I, and I told you you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was freaking we, out. We had no idea yeah. what, what the risk was for kids at that point. Right. I, I had an N95 and goggles that I got on Amazon. Okay, I was one of those people uh, in early February. But it was very clear, very quickly, what was happening. And the, as the politics change, they continue to change. And the chief opponent to all of this is going to be the elite media, the Sonny Hostins of the world, and the whole point of this show is to show you these people are powerful. Yeah, Don't underestimate I, it. I try to have um, sympathy for the quote freaks in Northern Virginia, yeah. as you put it, because they trust people like Sonny Hostin. If they want to do it, they, fine. But why know, are they forcing I mean, it on all of us? But yeah. there's two pieces. Yeah. There's one part that is noble and understandable, which is that they are genuinely concerned for their... This has been word salad. I can't even keep up with what the and fuck so they're saying that's anymore. That's why they have such a strong reaction. The other part is less noble, which is like, you know, this sort of class of people, the, the affluent suburbanite, their whole politics consists of like displaying how virtuous they are. Yeah. There's actually a book out called Virtue Hoarders that's really great. Oh, really? It talks I mean, about exactly that. I we need should, to read this. Yeah, okay. we should, right, we right, should right. interview this woman. It's amazing. All right. um, but anyway, I mean, I think it's a good way of understanding the sort of politics there where it's all about, let me display to you what a good person I am. It's this weird, I'm going to talk a little bit about this. You want to talk about virtue signaling. The right does it all the time. I'm a patriot. I believe in the Bible. I believe the freedom convoy. That's virtue signaling. Fuck all the way off. Oh my God. I I can't finish this. I have no clue what the fuck they're trying to say. And I'm pretty sure they misrepresented whatever Sonny said. 
Because the clip they played did not match the argument they were making. But you heard them mention the science change. That's been a big talking point on the right. Here is conservative mama. I played a clip of her the other day and it was a dud. Let's hope she gives us something good tonight that we can pick on. It's about the science changing. Deb, I, I would let that cool down before drinking it. I mean, it's, it's boiling. It's boiling water. Oh yeah, you don't, you, have, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you, you, you can drink boiling water now. You don't even have to let it cool down. Yeah, the, the science has changed, so. No, no, uh, the science is clear. You'll burn yourself if you drink boiling water. Science doesn't change. It's, it's clear. Do not, don't, seriously, don't drink it. Death, dead. Yeah, I've decided to cut out all fruits and vegetables. I'm not gonna exercise either. I mean, the, the science has changed, so. No, that's, that is not a good idea. That's gonna make you very unhealthy. Give you scurvy. Going, Deb. Oh, I'm uh going skydiving later today around three o'clock. Uh, it's a new thing. You, you don't wear a parachute when you jump. You know, because because the science has changed. So, Deb, Deb, what are you doing up there? She's trying to make videos like uh, um, like JP Sears, and failing miserably. Failing miserably. You, you, you need to get down. No, no, it's totally, it's totally safe now. Yeah, I, I, uh, I won't get hurt. The science has changed. Jump, Deb. Deb Jump. I come down the stairs with crutches. No, it's totally fine. I'll be fine. I, I know, I know, but I don't think you should come down the stairs with crutches. I also said it wasn't a good idea to jump off the back deck, and now you're in crutches. No, it's okay. You can totally go down the stairs. It's okay. It's, uh, I'm not endangering myself at all. Okay, just. None of, none of these examples actually have to do with science, by the way. Wow, that was dumb. This woman has 228,000 followers. Right-wingers are morons. Once again, if I didn't have ethics, I would be a right-wing commentator. They would love me, by the way. They try to critique me on my style and my, my, my brash nature. But if I was on their side, holy shit, they would absolutely eat me up. And you guys know it. Oh, fucking shit. Meanwhile, in West Virginia, over 100 students walk out of a high school after being forced to attend an evangelical service. Students at a West Virginia public high school were in between classes when they were told they had to attend an evangelical Christian revival service. They sat down for the assembly. They were told to raise their hands and close their eyes in prayer and give their lives over to Jesus Christ. Or, or, 
face eternal damnation. This is according to ABC News. A 16-year-old Cameron Mays sent a text to his father as he sat through the assembly and asked, Is this legal? Spider Pickle. I, uh, probably about 100, if I had to guess. I've never actually counted them because it's a fucking lot. <laughs> I've got several I don't ever wear because they don't match anything. I've got a lot of uh, holiday bandanas that only break out on occasion. I've got like four Christmas bandanas. I've got like three Halloween bandanas. I got a turkey bandana for Thanksgiving. I've got a couple of Easter bandanas. <laughs> Oh, I've even got one with like a cross and it's got like John 316 and shit on it. Usually I wear that one. It's like baby blue and it has this cross and all the Jesus shit on it. I usually wear that with my my t-shirt that says Jesus loves you but I don't. Go fuck yourself. I had a boss walk in one time. Last time I had a real job back in like 2018. I'm like two or three weeks into this. I was doing AV installs. And about two or three weeks into the job, the the manager, vice president, whatever the fuck his title was, he walked in and was like, do you have a bandana that matches every different shirt you wear? And like, yes. Yes, I do. I've got multiple of the same color. Like I have like, Three different baby blue ones. No one ever asked me what my favorite bandana is. And it's 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 the one with the like Santa Muerta skulls and the flowers all over it. Uh, just the material feels good on my head. It doesn't slip. Like I have to keep pulling this one down. That one doesn't slip and also like it's a cool look. Muffins wears bandana. Don't call me Muffins. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Bovins is my, uh, that was my alter ego on Facebook until they nuked real me. No, fucking Sparkles never calls me Justin Freakin'. She thinks it's icky. She always calls me Muffins. I'm like, you know, you, you shouldn't call me Muffins on my stream. If I had, if I had my career to do over again, I didn't have freaking tattooed on my arm. I would call myself Muffins. I'd be Justin Muffins because everybody likes Justin Muffins better than Justin Freakin', but oh well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna start this story over again because you know I may want to. I may want to clip this for YouTube. <laughs> over 100 West Virginia high school students walk out after being forced to attend an evangelical service. Students at West Virginia Public High School were in between classes when they were told that they had to attend an evangelical Christian revival service. They sat down for the assembly. They were told to raise their hands and close their eyes in prayer and give their lives over to Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, uh, fucking shit. I walked, okay, I had a, um, I had a, a, a class in high school my senior year. I was the host, producer, director, all the different shit for this this show. We did we we did like a morning news show, and one time they played a Black Sabbath song, 
uh, as like our bumper music as we were coming back from you know our little commercial break. It's like it sounds like we're worshiping Satan down here. This class needs some churching. They yanked me off of that show for saying that. According to ABC News, 16-year-old Cameron Mays sent a text to his father as he sat through the assembly and asked, Is this legal? The answer is no. ABC News points out the assembly was not legal. It was a direct violation of the U.S. Constitution, prompting over 100 students to stage a walkout in protest, chanting, Separate the church and state, and my faith, my choice. Good on them. Oh, do we have video of it? Fuck yeah. If I were to ask how many of you believe in this man, most of you would raise your hands and say yes. And if you believe that everything in this book is true, then you must also believe the parts about judgment, about heaven and hell. And so the, the first option you have is hearing him say... If you believe everything in that book is true, you're a fucking moron. If you believe everything in that book is true, then you should shut the fuck up. First of all, it tells you not to pray in public like the hypocrites, so you shouldn't have led that class in prayer. Two, it tells you to give everything you own to the poor, but you don't really believe in everything in that book, do you, you piece of shit? The separation of church and state and religious freedom as a concept are founding basic tenets of this country you know and the, the the kind of culture and lifestyle that we all live and just to, to see that defamed and ignored in such a blatant way it's it's disheartening and we would very much like to see some kind of formal uh disciplinary action taken against the teachers that force their students to attend. And so the, the first option you have is hearing him say, well done. The second thing that might happen to you is he might look at you like, uh, maybe like some. So the, the Cabell County Schools spokesperson, Jed Flowers, said the event was only voluntary. But two teachers mistakenly believed it was mandatory. So that's how they're covering their asses. What's up, Ginger? Use my full government name and chat. I was not familiar with the people associated with Christian athletes. I thought they would be discussing choices and goals with you. I should have had a in Huntington, West Virginia. Because, you know, my son said the teacher and faculty or faculty and administration were there and they were praying alongside people from this ministry. They were participating in it as if it were a church service. So if she was somehow shocked as to what was going on at the time, she sure didn't act like it. <laughs> um, when Ooh, it was- got called out. Evangelical preacher Nick Walker says he's been leading what he calls a revival in the area and invited students to this church event that night. Um, that, that's something we'd never force on anybody. Um, and we have no enemies. Whether it's in a church or in a school or on the street, uh, the vision is to give hope by showing people Jesus. Why don't you actually follow what Jesus taught? That's my that's my thing with Christians. If you guys would just do the things that Jesus taught, I wouldn't have an issue with you. But you don't. 
Bethany Fellington said her Jewish son felt he had no choice but to attend the assembly. And when he asked to leave, the teacher told him their classroom door was locked, so he had to stay. It's a completely unfair and unacceptable situation to put a teenager in, she said. I'm not knocking their faith, but there's a time and a place for everything, and in public schools, during the school day, is not the time or the place. Bam, let me give you an amen on that one. I've been to Huntington many times. I, I, I saw Alice in Chains in Huntington. Uh, saw a WWE event in Huntington. Huntington was like the biggest city near where I grew up in Pikeville, Kentucky. And, and that's saying something because Huntington isn't a very big city. <laughs> Keeping on the religious bullshit, a priest has had to resign after two decades of performing invalid baptisms. And religion is so fucking weird. Because when you when you hear what made this invalid, it's gonna shock you. A priest with over two decades worth of service to multiple congregations has resigned with a heavy heart. Now remember, they didn't make priests resign over accusations of child molestation. They just send them to another parish. They'll make you resign for getting uh, a word wrong. Resigned with a heavy heart in the wake of revelations that he incorrectly performed baptisms. Father Andres uh, Arango who most recently served in the Roman Catholic Diocese of Phoenix, Arizona, was found to have used the wrong phrasing. When performing the sacrament, Arango would say, we baptize you in the name of the Father, of of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. However, as the Vatican's Congregation uh, for the Doctrine of the Faith made the diocese aware, the use of the word we made the baptisms invalid. Instead, Arango was supposed to use the phrase, I baptize, rather than we baptize. Oh, religion is so fucking stupid. In the specific case of the sacrament of baptism, not only does the minister not have the authority to modify the sacramental formula to his own liking for the reasons of a Christological and ecclesiological nature, but neither can he even declare that he is acting on behalf of the parents, godparents, relatives, or friends, nor in the name of the assembly gathered for the celebration, because he acts insofar as he is the sign presence of the same Christ that is enacted in the ritual gesture of the church, the congregation said, referring to the teaching of the Second Vatican Council. Do you think we're stupid? Do you think we're fools? Katie Burke, a spokesperson for the Diocese of Phoenix, told the Newsweek that while the diocese has no exact number of invalid baptism, Arenko performed. The number is in the thousands! In the thousands! <laughs> Thomas Olmsted, bishop of the Diocese of Phoenix, wrote in a January 14th letter to his congregation informing them of the invalid baptisms. He said it is his responsibility to be vigilant over the celebration of the sacraments. 
Once again, how many children were molested by the Catholic Church? Seriously. Has a responsibility to be vigilant. Has a responsibility to be vigilant over the celebration of the sacraments. Oh, shit. Here's a moose in Canada trying to keep warm on a cold, cold day. I hope it has sound. I want to hear it. Oh, fuck. It's got some, some music under it. I was wanting to hear the, uh, the vent go, shh. Look at that moose. I guess it's like a laundry vent or something. Spewing out warm air. The moose is up next to the house. Hanging out. I assume this is a this is a female moose, right? Because it has no antlers. It's cute though. Absolutely adorable. It, it catches sight of the person filming it right there. Like, hey, what are you looking at? I'm just doing my thing. You got a problem? You want beef with this moose? Yes, I let the moose in the house. This moose, you can come in my house anytime you want. I'd probably violate the, the lease I have here, but hey, who cares? I honestly don't know if I'm allowed to have three cats. But do I care? Do I care if I'm allowed to have three cats or not? Oh. Exhaust for a gas heater? I I can believe that. Socks counts as two cats since he's also a Kevin. Okay. He's sitting here being a good boy. He's like right beside me. Just hanging out. Probably waiting for me to get off the stream so he can beg me to feed him. I don't like Sparkles calling him a Kevin. Aw, I... I love all my cats for different reasons. Fox is probably my favorite to cuddle with. But I can't pick a favorite. Like, like Smokey's so cool. Maynard's an asshole, but he cracks me the fuck up. And he hasn't been, like, waking me up of a morning anymore. So, I'm on, I'm on better terms with him right now. If you are watching on Twitch, you're going to head over to Patrick Creates. He is indeed creating something tonight. It looks like he's on the Photoshop, so please check him out. He's friends with Sparkles. Sparkles turned me on to him, and he's super talented. So go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freaking. And just tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern, the return of Sparkles... Here in the studio.